on today's episode of the Locked On Padres podcast. Oh, but wait just a second. It's not just the Locked On Padres podcast. Another crossover for you folks on this fine Thursday, Friday, or heck, even 2028. I don't know when you're listening to this, frankly. It could be any time. Maybe you just were curious about what it looked like before the empire fell. Not to get too morbid, though, I am being joined by, for this podcast, Locked On Orioles host, uh, who has not been on the show in a very long time. Dare I say, the last time we talked about Manny Machado moments back in the, the COVID shortened season, I believe, was the last time we did that. Uh, Kata Nukub, Locked On Orioles. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm 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 doing great. I feel like uh, you know the tides have turned for these two teams a bit since the last uh-huh. time we've done um, yeah. a crossover. I'm sure we'll get into that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, having a fine February evening here. Yeah, for sure. We're going to talk about that. We're going to be talking about Anthony Santander and whether or not he is a trade candidate for the Padres right now or in the future, and just in general the state of the Orioles because, like Connor said, it's kind of the inverse that's going on right now. Um, you used to be, dare I say. Not the joke, not you, but the team used to be a little bit of the meme. You know what I mean? You were part of what the lockdown hosts used to call the sad boys conglomerate, um, which was basically all the teams that are miserable. Hilariously enough, Bryce Patrick, host of Lockdown Rangers, was also part of that club. So if history repeats itself, you have some good fortune headed your way. Um, it used to be just talking about, oh, yeah, I remember when Glaber Torres would hit a home run every time. And now instead it's. Hey, you know how the Orioles, every single batter in their lineup is good? They're all young, and they haven't spent anything. like, And they have the best farm system in the sport. So, man, I mean, just talk about what's the state of the Orioles right now. I feel like I summed it up pretty well. But ahead of spring training, dare I say, the most exciting team in the American League that people are looking forward to. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, we got we got a little wet blanket last week uh, with Kyle Bradish uh, with his UCL yes. sprain coming off like – we saw it. I, as a Kyle Bradish head from the beginning, from the moment he was traded from the Angels Kyle for Bradish Dylan Bundy, <laughs> but many people didn't see it coming. And then all of a sudden, what does he do? 2-8 ERA, fourth in AL Cy Young last year. They mm. add Corbin Burns and we're like, hold on, Corbin Burns, Kyle Bradish, who finished fourth in AL Cy Young voting, Grayson Rodriguez, who was the top pitching prospect in baseball and figured it out in the second half. Yeah. And then we're like, Dean Kramer, solid back end guy. John Means back from Tommy John used to be an yeah. ace through a no hitter at one point. No hitter, yeah. And then everybody shows up to spring training, and you kind of realize why the Orioles made the Corbin Burns trade. Oh, yeah. Kyle Bradish's small tear and his UCL mm. in January. John Means is not going to be ready for opening day. And so that has me in a little different headspace. But overall, I mean, still, even with those guys out for a little bit, and it could be a, a lot of bit for Kyle Bradish. But yeah, I mean, you summed it up well. One through nine. I don't know if the Orioles will have the star power of some other teams. I mean, they have Adley Rutschman, they have Gunnar Henderson, but the depth of the lineup, I mean, it's not just one through nine. They could be one through 12, one through 13 hitters wise, where when guys get days off, they're not going to be losing a lot. And that's going to be one of the coolest parts of this team is like, okay, you know what? Gunnar Henderson is getting the day off today. We're just going to play Jackson holiday baseball's number one prospect and shortstop today. Like it'll, it'll be totally fine. Um, you know, oh, Cedric Mullins needs to sit today. Well, that's okay. We'll just put uh, Colton Kowser in center field, who's, you know, a consensus top 100 prospect in baseball. Like, that's what this team looks like right now. Now, again, the wet blanket a little bit on the pitching. So that's the Orioles. The bats are there. The, the pitching is still a question. But yeah, the excitement level is unbelievable in spring training because even in the Buck Walter, Adam Jones, Nick Markakis, 
Manny yeah. Machado era yeah. Orioles, they never won a hundred games. They did win the AL East one year, mm-hmm. but they won the AL East where they won 96 games and they won the division by like 10 games. It was like a horrible mm-hmm. AL East the year that they won. Yeah. They fought with the Rays until the second last day yeah. of the season yeah. and still won this division. And so, and they didn't have the kind of young talent back then that they have now. It's just, it's on a different level of excitement. And again, it's been 40 years since the Orioles won the World Series. So one of those would be nice. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be like it's World Series or bust because this team is so young. But we're starting to get those feelings a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, the Orioles, it, those Machado teams were like, uh, screw you. We have four guys that are going to hit 40 home runs and we don't care about anything else and then i guess zach Britton will close sometimes yeah don't this care about defense like, that much yeah we don't yeah, care like, about speed that those teams, I remember that, yeah. it would be hilarious to watch those teams in 2024 baseball with the new stolen base rules because yeah. you were putting out a lineup where like your speedster your speedster was adam jones who stole <laughs> 10 bases a year maybe in his prime like you were those running out ruled. Manny Machado, who yeah. yeah, Machado did steal bases when he was younger. I'll give him mm-hmm. credit, but once he tore the ACL, he was like, yeah. "I'm done stealing bases," which to- like <laughs> totally get it. Like never, yeah, like 100 yeah. like do your thing, like mash. But it was Machado who's like, "I'm fast, but I'm not running." And then he put on muscle and he couldn't run anyway. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Scope doesn't run well. JJ Hardy right. used to run like he had rocks in his shoes. Then you had Matt Weeters, who was like a six four two fifty catcher. <laughs> And then you had Mark Trumbo lumbering around out there. At one point, they had Nelson Cruz. They had Pedro Alvarez. Like, these guys were gigantic. Mm-hmm. And so it would be funny when they would, like, at the end of one year, they signed Michael Bourne. The O's had an injury in the outfield, and they signed, right. like, yeah. mid-30s Michael Bourne, who was, like, a base stealer in his 20s. And he might have stolen, like, four bases in September after they signed him. The O's <laughs> were like, whoa, got a speedster on the bases. Yeah. Watch out. Uh- it's 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 unbelievable. It's shout out Mark Trumbo, uh, former enemy of the Padres when he was on the Diamondbacks, and then first half Mark Trumbo. There's been talks that first half Mark Trumbo could be the best player in the history of baseball, um, but didn't always pan out that way. But it is funny that the whole team is like, oh, we'll bring in Nelson Cruz. He's coming off a PED suspension. Whatever. He'll yeah. he'll be he'll be even better here. So now though. This is a team that's like, screw you. Every single thing on our team is good now. It's not just power. It's not just defense. It's not just the the bullpen, let's say, whatever. It's around the board. And I think that that is why uh, they've been turning so many heads is also because they upgraded the pitching. And I'm with you also. Just also, the Grayson Rodriguez thing is crazy. I think people do forget. Number one pitching prospect, formerly, in baseball. And the first half thing is real. 7.35 ERA in the first half. 2.58 in the second half, just to paint a picture for people. And then, like you mentioned, John means like probably terrifies you if he's your number one, but if he's just this like fun little guy you can throw in at the end of the rotation, that's really exciting. And now you have Corbin Burns who won the Cy Young not too long ago. So the Orioles are, are there, man. And look, I live on the East coast, so I'll be seeing a lot of it. There's some, there's an easy, easy chance that the AL East is the most fun division to watch this year. You still have the, the Blue Jays at least a little bit in it. The Yankees have my former boy, obviously, now over there, which probably is the most personality uh, that they've had on the team, dare I say, in like 20 years. So congrats to the Yankees on that. Maybe that'll help them out. That's really fun. But what I really want to hone in on is something that t- both of our teams do share, aside from Manny Machado, who we both love, of course. Um 
the change in ownership. And again, I, I talked about this a lot on my pod where I was like, look, I, guys, I like the Orioles. But as of right now, I don't see how they win a World Series if you have an owner who in the middle of their historic season was like, hey, by the way, uh, say goodbye to these guys. I'm paraphrasing, of course, because we'll have to hike ticket prices. And all of a sudden, a new ownership group comes in. And as if they wanted to validate me, the Corbin Burns trade happens, I'm going to say, around a week later. I just don't think that that's a coincidence. And I think that what we've seen throughout baseball is that this is how you win. I'm not saying you have to spend as much as the Padres. I know I'm going to get comments about that. It's just spending in general. And the Orioles have one of the like greater, they're in one of the better positions that I've seen a team in a long, long time where everybody's young. They have a payroll of 32 million. I'm going to guess. Is that what they have right now? (laughs) <laughs> what it feels like though. They are they are up. They are up to I Ooh. believe 25th. They were 29th in baseball last year. I believe with Corbin Burns, they've shot up to 96 million. And I believe that is 25th in baseball. Wow. That is just stupendous. <laughs> and we're gonna keep talking about that, guys, in just a second. But before we do that, I want to talk about something else that has to do with money and prices. But they're here to save in a good way, not because they're a cheap state cheapskate billionaire. Don't worry. Game time. Ladies and gentlemen, they are here to help you out with your Orioles or Padres tickets for next season. You're going to want them both. Both of these teams are going to be awesome. Uh, You don't have to worry about last-minute stuff. They've got last-minute deals for you, flash deals, zone deals, all sorts of stuff. It's easy to find that also for all sorts of events. If you, for some reason, you just saw Connor and you said, oh, what's this guy up to? I want to see. Oh, I'm not a sports fan. Well, don't worry, because they also got you on concerts. They got you on theater, theater. They've got you on comedy uh, tours and whatnot. They've got you at everything. Playoff games. Game time has you covered. Lowest prices guaranteed. Event cancellation protection. Job loss protection. And as a cutesy little bonus, they show you the previews of the seats before you buy them. If you're a visual learner like myself. So download the game time app. Create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. But again, create that account and redeem code locked on. Title of this podcast. You should be able to figure that out. For $20 off, game time, last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Go check that bad boy out. And just like that, we're done with segment one. We're done with just a third of the podcast. Isn't that amazing? We've been blessing our listeners with just nothing but truth and hope, dare I say, uh, so far. And we still got more to talk about. The thing with the spending, Connor, is when we first crossed over, which is, I believe, 2020, um, early 2020, because that's all we could do at the time. Um, the Orioles were miserable. I mean, again, this was a t- this is like, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you were in the trenches, man. I at least, like, even when the Padres disappoint me or I'd be wearing my Joker hat and getting upset online, like, at the minimum, it was like, well, it's a competitive team. It's a team that should be competitive. They are signing Bogarts. They're trading for Darvish and Snell. You, it's just like, hey, what if Ryan Mountcastle hits 30 home runs this year? That might be cool. And then he did it. Or did it? Hold on. He did. He, he did. did? Okay. Uh, yeah. What if Ryan Mountcastle is a four-win player? Don't know if that'll ever happen. But it was still like you were you were kind of grasping at straws, for lack of a better term. Nowadays, I mean, you look at this roster and it's crazy all over the place. And because of the new ownership, they can now do anything. If it comes up at the trade deadline that they're like, you know what? We're really good. Let's trade for Mike Trout. That wouldn't surprise me. Oh, hey, 
let's go sign. Uh, I mean, it's crazy free agents next year. You got Max Freed available. Walker Bueller is going to be a free agent. They could do that. They could go sign Juan Soto. And the fact that they could do any of those moves and still probably be at a payroll below like 65 million after one of those signings just illustrates how much in the driver's seat they are. And for Padres fans who yell at me about how you need to spend and keep your good players, that is true. Don't get me wrong. Um, that farm guys aren't a guarantee. And I'm not saying that if you keep your farm together, you will get the the cornucopia of prospects that the that the Orioles have. I believe it's the last three seasons the Orioles have had not just the top-ranked farm system, but the top overall prospect in baseball from Rutschman to Gunnar Henderson last year and then Jackson Holiday this year. That's not normal. But it shows you there's just so much flexibility here. And I think that there's actually something that the Padres could take a lesson from. They got the money spending down. That's a big part. But the Orioles also have just smart, savvy little moves and potentially new ownership. And Connor, as someone who got new ownership recently, it's a lot of fun, man. It's really fun seeing that someone actually cares about baseball, at least a little bit, at least enough to make you have hope again. You know? Yeah. And that is the hope. And we don't know yet because David Rubenstein, who's the new owner, has not been confirmed yet now rob manfred has said multiple times they're kind of fast tracking this process and it's funny how it happens i mean you know if somebody's going to pony up the money the other owners aren't really going to vote no on an owner Mm -hmm. unless they kind of have like a personal vendetta against him but it's very funny that it is david rubenstein who i didn't know much about but that might just because be because of the tax bracket that i'm in like if you're (laughs) in, in a much higher one David yeah. Rubenstein is one of the most well-known billionaires in the world. Now, he's not one of the like, you know, tippy-top Steve Cohen type richest guys. Yeah. He's worth somewhere between four and five billion, which is more than double than Angelos, which is nice to have. Mm-hmm. But he also is well known because he hosts multiple shows on Bloomberg. Like he's always emceeing events and hosting events. He's very mm-hmm. front-facing. Whereas John Angelos, who says something stupid every single time he speaks, <laughs> Rubenstein's speaking on camera like once a week for mm-hmm. Eternity, basically, it seems like. And mm-hmm. he's done things like he donated $15 million to help restore the Washington Monument. And he bought a original copy of the Magna Carta for $21 million and immediately donated it to the Smithsonian in D.C. He's known as like, I forget what they called it. It was like patriotic charity. That wasn't exactly <laughs> the word, but that's what they call That's what they I, call him, basically. I like yeah. that, yeah. And so he's very well known, again, in people above me, tax bracket wise, but he's very, very well known. Mm -hmm. And so that apparently means that the owners are going to fast track this because all like the background research they have to do on owners who are kind of rich in the shadows, they don't have to Mm -hmm. do on Rubenstein because everybody knows how he made his money and everybody knows what he does with his money. And so apparently this is going to be quick and people are saying like it could be approved before opening day. And, And here's the thing. To bring it back to a, a Padre situation here, if this gets approved in two weeks and mm-hmm. Blake Snell is still a free agent, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, if the O's yeah. are going to lose Kyle Bradish to Tommy John surgery and they know that's a potential thing to happen, like, why not be your first splash as owner day two signing Blake Snell? Why not? Be like, hey, remember when you guys were sad we lost Manny Machado? Well, we're taking their best pitcher because I feel like it to be like <laughs> yeah. Kevin Costner from draft day. Um, I could totally see it. And that was one of the things I wanted to bring up, too, is like how much this ownership thing not just impacts their future. And in my opinion, easily puts them in the front seat to be one of my favorites to win within the next few years because they've shown we will do what it takes. And 
we it's not like they have bad contracts to worry about right now. You know, what I mean, I, I can't think of a single contract on that team. I'm looking at the roster right now. There's got to be no, some there's, weird. There's Craig no Kimbrell's so, weird, but it's not well, like Mike a big Elias deal. has yeah. not signed any player to a multi year mm-hmm. deal since taking over. So there is no. They they still have Chris Davis money on the books, but it's dwindling year by year, and it's a lot of deferred money. And it's it's yes. basically it's the hit for Chris Davis is down to like I might be wrong on this, but it's down to like five million a year for a mm-hmm. few years, and then it's down to like yeah. two million a year. So it's and especially with the new ownership group, that's nothing. And God, I, I wish you know, I was Craig Kimbrell, yeah, they gave him thirteen million dollars, which is like really for Craig Kimbrell, but it's one yeah. year, so you don't exactly. really you know if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like, and they yeah. they made that deal under Angelos, so imagine what they'll do exactly. To, you know, under under Rubenstein, I would love to see them give out a multi year deal. But the big thing too is like, yeah, Blake Snow would be awesome, or Jordan Montgomery, especially with Bradish going down. Mm-hmm. But like, I get that people say, oh, you know, look at the Padres, look at the Mets, like spending that much in free agency, it's not going to mm-hmm. do it for you. You can also operate like the Braves. You can just yeah. use all your money to lock up all of your insanely talented young players. Mm-hmm. And you know what team with insanely talented young players reminds me of the Braves a couple of years ago? The Orioles right now with yeah. all of these talented hitters. Mm-hmm. And the Braves just said seven-year deal, eight-year deal, 10-year deal, five-year. And they just locked everybody up. The Orioles, without going and getting the marquee free agent, could just lock this team up with Rubenstein's money. And I think yeah. fans would honestly be happier about that because you know what? There's not a free agent out there better than Gunnar Henderson or else thing. Yes. There's not a free agent catcher in the world better than Adley Rutschman. So you might as well yeah. just extend them and keep them here. And that would make those fans happier than Blake Snell, honestly. And so I think that's got to be number one and that's what could change things. So maybe the Orioles aren't getting all the clicks and doing the big, big, big time moves, mm-hmm. but Maybe 10 years for Gunnar Henderson and 10 years for Adley Rutschman. Maybe that impacts this team more than four years for Blake Snell. And I think those fans, that's how they want to see the money be spent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely one way to do it. And again, like the Braves is a great point to bring up. It's just different positions. Like your guys as Acuna is probably Rutschman right now, right? Like, but in terms of just wins above replacement, stuff like that. But it's exciting, man. And if you go, it's, it's like you can't lose. Like the the because of the fact that you have no like salary going out and the, like Chris Davis like the five like that's nothing like you said with Kimbrel I think that that signing was almost bad only because everyone was like yeah well the Orioles don't spend so if you're gonna spend 13 million on this one guy like that might be it but now it's like oh who cares yeah maybe he's good maybe he's not whatever and then you still have a great bullpen too um, yeah I would advise Orioles fans as well that. What the Padres did was they bought everyone too quickly. Where that's how I viewed it. Where it's like, let's do all these trades, and then last year when you have all these questions still about the team, you extended Machado, Cronenworth, Darvish, and signed Bogarts. I think my only advice would just be, like, don't do it all at once. But like you said, the Braves. I mean, most of their players, not all of them, are kind of on bargain deals, and that might have been. I wish regular, you know, this was talked about more, but it might have shown us that players really hate arbitration, <laughs> which I get, by the way. Yeah. I absolutely get. It's very anti-player. It's not as anti-player as like the franchise tag in football, but it's still, you know, not the best to go through that, as Corbin Burns would tell you, uh, as he was really frustrated with the Brewers and now he's on the Orioles. So I think you guys are in a tremendous position and it's such a good position that you guys just casually have a three-win player on your team. Yet you'd be more than willing to give up, perhaps even 
give up to a team like the Padres. And that's what we're going to talk about next, ladies and gentlemen. How about that tease? Here we go. Uh, but first, guys, let me talk to you about a place where you can bet, potentially, on Anthony Santander. Santander's home run total or home run total with the Padres or where he'll go, whatever. That's FanDuel, ladies and gentlemen. And we've been talking about FanDuel on both of our podcasts for a long time because they rule. And yes, football's over, but you can still get some buckets. NBA is going on right now. March Madness is coming up soon. All sorts of cool stuff. And they've got you covered. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if you win or lose. No, I'm just kidding. It's if your bet wins. Um, but bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, Connor. Let's get to the moment of truth. What's going on with Anthony Santander? What's going on? Because this guy is a dude who casually hit a crap ton of home runs recently. Um, and last year, he started off a little bit slow out of the gate from what I remembered. I had him in fantasy baseball. But this is a guy who's been an above WRC plus guy. Not a great defender. But if you need power, this is one of those guys you could acquire. He hit 33 home runs in 2022. 28 last year. Has the power. Not too old either. He's entering. He's going to be 29 this season. And you can probably get him for not too much. This isn't some established player. And like we've been talking about, a lot of the Orioles core is super young. So they can extend Gunner and do all these things. So I'm wondering, first of all, is Anthony Santander available? I think is the first thing to talk about. I think he's less available now after the sale. Mm. I think he's still available. I wouldn't say mm. he's like untouchable. He is he is an impending free agent. He's going to be a free yeah. agent after 2024. Even with the new ownership, I think Mike Elias is open to dealing anyone who is a you know an impending free agent, even with the mm -hmm. Orioles winning. But the reason why I say he's less available is because a lot of Orioles fans, including myself, were worried that the John Angelos regime would trade him because he ended up getting about $12 million in arbitration for his final year. Mm -hmm. And before they signed Kimbrell for 12 to 13 million, Santander would have been by far the highest paid player on this Orioles yeah. team at 12 million. And we were yeah. looking at John Angelo's continue to, to penny pinch. We were like expiring contract, most expensive player. And in a spot where theoretically, if they think Heston Kerstad is ready, they have an easy replacement to throw in there. Those fans were like, this is a trade that could happen. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they value Santander's bat in the middle of their order too much. Now I'm not sure they're going to like extend him, but I think they're going to keep him around for this year. But because he's expiring, the right deal could still get him, I think, off of this Orioles roster as long as Heston Kerstad is hitting and healthy in spring training. Mm -hmm. If they're still worried about Kerstad, they're not going to create a hole like that for themselves early in the year. But Kerstad came up last September and his like batted ball numbers were insane. He made the playoff roster and he's basically the same as, as Santander. He's kind of an okay defensive outfielder, has to be in a corner. Mm -hmm. Mostly will be in right field, can also play first base, and has huge power from the left side. It's mm -hmm. just a younger, cheaper version of Santander, the Orioles think. And so it's just about would they get the right price? And I think that's what's interesting here, and I'm sure we'll talk about it too, is like Padre's system is still solid, but they have traded away so much over yeah. the past few years. Mm -hmm. And I'm obviously not going to ask for anything like an Ethan Solace. But what I will say is 
if the O's are going to trade Santander, there is no doubt about it. They will need an arm coming back. Mm-hmm. And what I am doing is kind of eyeing the Juan Soto return and saying, <laughs> you know, would you be willing to part with one of those guys and pretend like you got three pitchers and Anthony Santander for Juan Soto? I, hey, I'm all for headcanon. You know what I mean? As a pop culture connoisseur, I do that all the time whenever I'm upset and just pretend, right? That wouldn't be too bad. I think that it would be more likely you you get like a prospect, not like Michael King. You can't have someone that's, especially on this team, but like Drew Thorpe, he was just acquired. You know what I mean? And it depends on how you feel about him with the strikeouts and all that stuff. And that's for another pod, but I could totally see that. Would I do it if I'm the Padres? First of all, for Padres fans, I think that what would have to happen here is that Tatis would move to center field. It would solve a little bit of your outfield problems. Um, I'm sure that Tatis could play center field. He's certainly athletic for it, just won the platinum glove. So that could work. I'm not necessarily saying I would want to, just to pull the facade. Look, it's the offseason, guys. We like talking and speculating ideas just for funsies, even if they are a little bit outlandish, as I did with Ryan Ficklestein a couple weeks ago, talking about Pete Alonso for Manny Machado, if you guys want to listen to that fun, crazy-filled episode. But look, that you would put Anthony Santander in right field. That would give you a bat that could hit for power for a team that you know, occasionally is lacking it. They just lost Juan Soto. Then you have Tatis in center field. And then you have Jerickson Profar and a bunch of their other outfield prospects sharing time and left. And it's not the worst thing in the world. The only problem would just be the free agency thing. Uh, Can you give up an asset like Thorpe uh, just for a one-year deal for a guy? Maybe they do extend them. Lord knows the Padres love extending guys. But do you want to do that right now? I would lean against it. But even still, if, say, for some reason this Orioles team isn't good, I would be curious if he's available for possibly cheaper at the deadline if the Padres are in the driver's seat. Because I think that's the problem with the Padres right now, which is why they shouldn't be giving up too much, is because I just, I'm confident in the team being better this year. Too many once-run games they lost, lost all their extra innings until September. That, to me, is more fluky than not. Um, they are still, should be blamed and... You know, there's a lot of problems with them, but that's just if they were just average, they make the playoffs last year in those areas. So to me, I'm a little bit higher on the Padres for this year, but I don't want to overcommit because you don't want to destroy your farm again, which they've done about four times since I've been hosting this podcast. And miraculously, they keep regenerating it like they're, like they're Deadpool, right? Mm-hmm. Like they just heal super fast, but they uh, they have to keep that in mind um, and they have to keep in mind that they have Hassan Kim to potentially extend. Uh, which is something they may be interested in. Uh, So again, I don't know for sure, but I think it's more likely that Padres are in contention. Orioles are like, oh, Hessian Kerstad. Um, If he's really good for them, then it's like, yeah, let's go get Anthony Santander for, you know, uh, an Adam Mazur, a little bit lower of a prospect, maybe some guy who could help out in the Orioles bullpen, maybe, Uh, which is not a weakness. It was one of the reasons they survived, especially in the beginning of last year with guys like Felix Bautista, um, Yenier, I don't know how to say his first name, Cano. Um, like, their bullpen's very good, but even still, maybe that's an area where they help out. Orioles might be interested and say, yeah, I mean, we got a new owner, man. <laughs> like, we got a new owner, and we could trade everybody now. So I think that's what would make sense. It is a player for the Padres to keep an eye on, although they haven't quite been linked to them yet. Don't be surprised if they are. Uh, frankly, don't be surprised in anything both of these teams do, right? I think that that's where we're at right now because they're the Padres and because the Orioles might have a new owner. And I think it makes them both just giant wild cards uh, this year that 
frankly, I think needs to be talked about a little bit more. Forget LA. No, you got Otani. Well, wow, big deal. Whatever, man. Who cares? You know what? What matters is, is guys like Brad uh, Corbin Burns and Hassan Kim, <laughs> not Shohei Otani, the most exciting player of the generation. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I mean, you know, we don't need to care about Juan Soto or Shohei Otani or Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Like it's 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 all about real Ramon Arias hours. All right, these <laughs> yeah, are man. real. These are real Jorge Mateo hours. Speaking of Padres Orioles, these are real Jorge Mateo hours right now mm-hmm. on this podcast. We yeah. don't care about Aaron Judge. We don't care about Will Smith. Absolutely. None of the Will Smiths. We don't care about any of the Will Smiths. None any of the Will of Smiths. Yeah. yeah. We are <laughs> all in the... on real Jorge Mateo moving back to the outfield this year like he was doing with the Padres hours. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. That's, Jorge that's Mateo, just about. a casually, just a, a nice defender. That you have just on the bench. Yes. Just for also, funsies, I guess. A top um, five fastest player in baseball. It's nice to have yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's really fun. I still remember when that happened and you picked them up and you were like, hey, you got anything on Mateo? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> hilariously enough, the Padres never try out anybody seemingly because yeah. they trade by the time it happens. But Love Mateo was part of one of my favorite walk-offs the team had in 2020 with Jerks Profire driving him in. Very fun picture. Um, Connor, man, I mean, this has been fun. Um, I have to say, though, are there any last thoughts you have on this situation? Any last predictions? Because our teams actually don't play for a while. That might shock people, considering that they're in the American League and the National League. But they don't play for a while. I forgot to actually look up when they play, because that might be a game I'd be, might be interested to go to, because I'm close to Baltimore. Yeah, I believe because they were in, the O's went to San Diego last year. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that the Padres, I mean, I will definitely be at one of those three games because I am there for a Manny Machado return to Baltimore at any time. Yeah. Um, so that 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 should be a good series. But I do think you were right about, you know, if the Orioles were to somehow kind of fall in their face, I think they would almost like, it would be a given they would trade Anthony Santander. So if the Padres are playing better, the Orioles are playing worse. That's certainly something to happen there. But I, I tend to agree with you. So much went wrong that didn't have to for the Padres last year. Mm. The vibes were just, I've never seen the vibes more off for a team with talent than the Padres last year. And I can't think that a Tatis, Machado, Hassan Kim, you Darvish based vibes team is going to do that again. So Mm. I'm with you. I think the Padres now the Dodgers are insane, but I think the Padres are getting a wild card spot this year. I do too. I'm, I'm, I just think, look, Oh, well, they lost Soto. They're probably losing Snell and potentially to the Orioles. Who knows? And then Hader. But my thing is, I just, I've seen this long enough. I've been watching baseball long enough. Sometimes you can patch things together and they have the stars. So when you have the stars, just need some role players to step up. Maybe Jackson Merrill comes up and does some damage. Maybe Robbie Snelling does some damage. Maybe Michael King is awesome because he's been awesome against a a bunch of really good teams, by the way, in the AL East that can hit a lot. So Michael King could be awesome. And uh, by the way, it is July 26th, start of a three-game series. Are, is the there Orioles. a chance Jackson Merrill could be up? Because you probably know this, but Jackson Merrill is a hometown guy. Grew up right down the street from Baltimore. So I have heard this. I have heard Savannah this. Park, Maryland. <laughs> and played at Severna Park High School, which was also where he was coached by former big leaguer Eric Milton, who once threw a no-hitter for the That I didn't know. Awesome. Uh, but uh, that would be a pretty cool homecoming. And like July, well, you said July? The July 26th I mean, to the 28th. If they need him, like imagine a major league debut back in Baltimore for Jackson Merrill. 
I might catch one of these games, man. I'm really tempted. I haven't been to Maryland, Baltimore. Or wait, I was in Chester like two years ago. But still, like I haven't been around there in a long time, and it was really fun. I w- do they still have that ride the ducks thing? Yes. Yeah, because I was boat, on that. Yeah. The wheels go up. Yeah, yeah. it just goes in the water. Yeah, yeah. That's just don't fall in the doing. harbor. Just don't fall in the harbor. You oh, yeah, be definitely in the water. not, man. Definitely uh, not. Um, my dad kept talking like Edgar Allan Poe the entire time we were there, like talking quote the Raven and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, dad. <laughs> right, pipe down, buddy. And but he was also right. frustrated when we couldn't watch like the Yankees and they were playing like outside the hotel. We could literally see <laughs> yeah. the stadium and he was just yeah. livid. He's like, what what has our country come to? Um but regardless, maybe I'll even see you at the game. Maybe I'll see any of you Friar Faithful folks at the game or Orioles fans or whatever. But regardless, Connor, this has been a lot of fun as always, even though we don't do it as much because, shocker, different conferences. Um, so not always uh, anything between these two. But if the Santander trade does go through for the Padres at any point, of course, we will be on to discuss it, I imagine, with great enthusiasm and vigor and joy, I hope. Uh But yeah, that about does it today for today's edition of the Locked On Padres and Locked On Orioles podcast. Be sure to check out me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or if you just want Padres stuff, at L-O underscore Padres. And also follow Connor at Connor Newcomb underscore. So his name and then an underscore after it. Just as simple as that. Locked On Orioles as well. Connor, any last words? No. I, I will just say, check out the live crossover happening from the upper deck at Camden Yards in late July. Absolutely. <laughs> the live crossover indeed. First for Lockdown, I imagine. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Go check out that live 24-7. I forgot to tell them that. forgot to the listeners. Uh, live Lockdown 24-7 channel for Lockdown. Showing all sorts of shows. It's the first 24-7 YouTube channel for all this tw- sort of stuff. So go check that out. Until next time, though, stay faithful for our faithful homies. And stay beautiful my baltimore friends and pals i guess (laughs) until next time everybody take care